So I want to keep talking about trust. Um, trust, we've said, is being rested, peaceful and calm. Uh, when all around you a storm is raging, trusting is about resting in. Jesus, John 14, verse 1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me. And so one of the ways I described trust you was to think of it as giving someone else something that's valuable to you. But when we ask ourselves whether we trust someone, we're really asking whether they will treat this thing we have given them in the way that we would treat it. So I brought my little teddy bear along, you might remember. And we talked about things that are precious and valuable. And we said that somebody's trustworthy if they take care of this thing that's valuable in the same way that I would take care of it. That's a, a measure of trustworthiness. And um, uh, I think I've got that there, actually, Matt. Um, someone who is trustworthy is someone who look after our treasures in the same way we look after them. And I want to talk about um, a little bit about trusting yourself. And then I want to explore trust in our relationships uh, and how we rebuild it in other people at another time. But this morning, I want to speak into the thought of trusting yourself. Um, and we're going to do that by exploring, first of all, you trust another person and then relate that back to trusting in Jesus. So we're going to go on a bit of a circular route this morning. We're going to start out with trusting in Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, this idea of trusting each other. But we're going to end up being back at Jesus because it's the only really place that you can start and end with. Um, but we're starting with this truth that trouble eases when we trust in God. So that's what Jesus said. Trust in me. Uh, what did he say? Um, do not let your hearts be troubled, trust in God. So trusting deals with trouble. And our hearts find peace when we learn to trust God. But to explore what it might mean to trust God and how we can all do that no matter where we're at on our journey of life, because it's possible for everybody to trust God. And I'm going to show you why, both biblically and psychologically today, why it's possible for anybody and everybody, no matter where they are at on their journey, and how they feel about trusting people, it's possible for everybody to trust Jesus. Um, and then we're going to explore that and relate back to God. So this morning um, is a little bit different in the sense of um, it's a mix of some psychology and some biblical truth. So I'm not going to, there's not going to be a lot of scriptures in it this morning other than when we're launching off, we're going to go back to it. But one of the incredible things that I find is that when you meld the two together, you find some incredible truth. So we're going to explore some, some psychological things, but then we're going to get back to the truth about Jesus and see how that actually just makes it even more wonderful. Um, but we're going to start with an observation that is plainly obvious in one sense, but seems to be deeply challenged in recent times, uh, this past year anyway. There is a fascinating message that seems to be floating around our culture about safety and being free from harm as though there is a utopia somewhere where hurt and harm doesn't exist. Um, you hear people saying, I'm going to go out when it's safe. Well, you're probably going to be home for a long time then. Um, that's just how life is. And then you get people saying ridiculous solutions to an alleged problem to keep people safe. And my observation is this, life is not safe. Life just isn't safe. And any notion that says that life can be safe is a lie. Because we none of us manage to live life how we'd all like to live life in our own lives. And that means we hurt ourselves and other people. Um, sorry if that bursts your bubble, but that is life. And I wish I could say it any different. But life is full of risks and challenges and moments 
when potential harm and hurt can come our way. And so when we're talking about trust, we need to be clear what we are talking about. When we're talking about someone who is trustworthy, are we talking about somebody who will never hurt us or harm us? Is that actually an adequate description? We'd like that to be the case because if we could find such a person who would never hurt us or harm us or betray us or disappoint us, it would be very easy to just give our all to them. But of course, waiting for that person to come along in human flesh uh, means that you are living in fantasy land. You just are living in fantasy land if you believe there is somebody on the earth who will never hurt you or harm you. And let me explore this. It gets more interesting and exciting and encouraging later on, don't worry. But, so, a psychological statement. Um, the foundation of mature trust, I'm going to talk about mature and immature or childlike and, and adult trust this morning. The foundation of mature trust is not trusting that the other person won't hurt us but rather a trust that whatever happens, I'll get through this. So psychologically, the idea of a mature person who is trusting in a mature relationship is not, I'm trusting this person won't hurt me, because that is a misplaced trust. It's trusting that even if they hurt me, I'll be okay. That's actually a proper basis for a trusting relationship. Because most of us don't start there. Most of us start with, I hope this person won't hurt me, and I'll trust them until they do. That's where most of us start. And then we find out the human, like us, so we get hurt, and then we wonder what to do with that, as though it's a shock and a surprise. So this is a psychology, and essentially it's a belief that as an individual, I trust myself to survive even if something goes wrong. In other words, I, I trust some intrinsic power within me to survive even if I get hurt, which is, of course, wonderful. But it's even more wonderful when you understand that Jesus is very real, and you don't have to trust in your own intrinsic power. Because I would... Um, reword that statement to say this the foundation of mature trust is not trusting the other person what hurts us but a trust that whatever happens I'll trust Jesus in it that's the foundation of any trusting relationship because as a follower of Jesus or, or perhaps somebody, uh, as a somebody who is learning about Jesus you have something very powerful because you are not on your own you don't have to trust in your own intrinsic resources or strength or whatever because actually you can trust in his resources and his strength. And really that's the idea I want to explore this morning, that moving in trusting relationships is more dependent on the extent to which you trust Jesus than it is the extent you trust them. So your trust in Jesus is the most powerful source of moving in relationships. And we're going to expand it. And we're going to talk about mature trust and immature trust, or childlike trust and adult trust. But the foundation of mature trust is not, you will never hurt me. It cannot be. You cannot go into a relationship and go, I'm going to trust you as long as you don't hurt me. Well, you can, but it won't last very long. Because you are human. And you will get things wrong at times. It's got to be, I trust myself and my relationship with Jesus to get me through any of the ways you may hurt me. And then, of course, you would hope if this is a longer-term relationship, you are going to believe and hope that the other person is in the same place. And when two of you are in the same place, and you're working at this thing, and you're trusting that with Jesus' help, you can make it, then you're in a beautiful place. Because what happens without Jesus is that you just got each other. And when trust gets broken, as we'll explore later on, it's quite difficult to rebuild. Not impossible, but quite difficult. But we must come to a realization that life isn't safe for stars. Relationships are not safe. 
Not in the sense that safe means you'll never be hurt or harmed. Of course, some people are safer than others. And there is less likelihood of some people hurting you than others. But no one is completely safe in the sense of unable to harm you. Hopefully, of course, it goes without saying we need to use wisdom because some people are unsafe. And unless we hear very clearly from Jesus, then we should distance ourselves from people who are unsafe and have proven continually to be unsafe. Unless you hear very, very clearly from Jesus that you are meant to stay close to somebody who is continually and consistently hurting you, my kind of default position is you distance yourself. Even if it's just so you can get strong enough to come close again. I don't say you cut them off completely, but it may be that you have to distance yourself to grow strong enough internally so you can love them in a right way. That's called wisdom. So wisdom probably determines that you distance yourself from those who continually hurt you and show no desire to change. But this is interesting because it's also possible to be hurt and to feel hurt even if somebody has done nothing wrong. Lots of children feel hurt when they're disciplined, though their parents have done nothing wrong. Their parents may have disciplined them entirely right, but those children feel hurt because they couldn't do what they wanted to do. So it's possible, and this, this continues in adult relationships as well, of course. If, if we are in relationships where we are helping people and helping them grow and helping them learn, I remember there was a, a time, a number of years ago now, and um, Paul would stand here and he'd talk about Christiana in Italy and all the wonderful things she was doing. He'd talk about Isaac in America and how fantastic Isaac was, and he'd talk about Harry, and then he'd just stop and never mention me. And I'd be like, well, what about little me? And I was hurt every time. Until I went, why don't you ever mention me? He went, well, when you get it in God, I'll talk about you. I went, all right, fair dues. He was a bit more gentle than that, and we have that relationship where we talk at that level, so he probably, I want much more gentle than that, actually, because that's the depth of relationship we have. Um, um, but the point is, I was hurt, but he'd done nothing wrong. So it's not about you not getting hurt, because I, I, I could be perfect and you could still feel hurt. So, so we can't, this idea that we're never going to get hurt is just a, it's a nonsense really. Of course, we want to work towards the place where we're hurting each other less. Of course, we want hurt to be less. And we need to get super good at apologizing when we hurt and reconciling when we hurt. And we're going to talk about that later. But trust in relationships cannot be based on not getting hurt. They have to be based on something else. And the best thing to base them on is our own ability to trust that Jesus has us when we are hurt. Which makes sense because as long as our own sense of kind of security, significance and self-esteem are based on somebody not hurting us, we are in that person's power. If all my sense of self is built into Faye's not going to hurt me, well, I'm giving Faye a lot of power. I'm basically saying my entire identity is built into whether my wife will hurt me or not. Well, my identity is going to get torn apart then sometimes. Not because Faye ain't wonderful, she is, but at times she doesn't always get it right. Gets it more right than me, which is downright annoying. But anyway, but, but, but you understand me. I can't do that. I can't give that much power to one person, even if they're, they're one of the, the closest person in my life. I can't give that much power. That's not good for me. A sense of worth and security cannot be dependent on somebody not doing something that they will surely do. So, uh, so, so to succeed in our earthly relationships... We've got to learn more and more trust in Jesus and our relationship with him. You were designed, built for, and created to move in multiple deep trusting relationships. 
That's what you were designed for. But actually, the way to do that is probably highly dependent on your ability to be deep in Jesus and your relationship with him. So let's talk about um, immature and mature trust. Um, and when I talk about immature trust, so, so age-wise, you can think of a, a toddler, for example, a three, four-year-old. When I talk about these things, they kind of need these sorts of things in place as they're building trust. But there are many adults who also struggle with an immature lack of trust because trust has been broken so many times and it's been broken down so much that their, their, their ability to trust is quite low. So their trust is, is childlike almost in that sense. That's not their fault. It's because trust has been broken so many times that they just find it really tough. Some of that's actually neurochemical because um, if growing up you didn't have a lot of touch and closeness and trust wasn't built, then, then oxytocin receptors in your brain don't develop properly and oxytocin is really important for feeling close to people. So some of it's just neurochemical that people who had a difficult early childhood find it difficult to trust. Um, so, and I think all of us, um, I, I'm going to talk about seven different ways in which we kind of receive or, or we like seven different things. I can't even think of a good word for it. I'm just going to go for it. Uh, but my point is this. Most people will have childlike trust in some places. So you're somewhere, nobody's going to be at the, at the end of all these scales. Some of us will feel, yeah, in this area, I'm quite childlike. In this area, I'm quite that. You might be childlike in a few areas. That's okay. This is not a measurement. It's a measurement probably more of your life story than of anything else. It's probably a measure of your past. If you've never had trust broken, you'll find it easier to trust. I, I, I don't recall when I feel massively betrayed. I don't recall a time nobody kind of promised other than Nicola when I was 14. But no girl ever kind of broke my heart in that way or I've never been promised for this, that or the other. Do you understand me? So for me, trust is not... I had a very, very blessed, loving, caring childhood. I, I was incredibly blessed in my journey in all sorts of ways. Of course, I've had my moments through life that have been deeply challenging, and I've had to learn to trust in those areas. Um, but I don't want you to think that this makes you a... It's no reflection on your identity, it's a reflection on your history. Does that make sense? It's a reflection on your, your history, not your identity. So let, let's share these. Okay, so immature trust requires absolute reliability and predictability. Mature trust appreciates reliability when it's offered. So immature trust, um, if you um, get quite stressed and anxious when somebody doesn't turn up on time, then it might signify that in this area you've kind of got a little bit of an immature trust. But if you understand that mature trust is like, okay, life happens. You know, that moment when you sat in the coffee shop on your own, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for it to turn up. The thoughts that go through your mind in that moment tell you where you're at on trust in terms of reliability. Because if you immediately go, oh, maybe they've forgotten about me, maybe they don't like me, maybe they don't want to be here. Okay, well, that tells you something. But if your first thought, which is probably most of us, actually, but if your first thought is, I'm sure they got stuck in traffic, or they must have just been on a phone call, that tells you something about your level of trust in that place. Immature trust requires safety, security, and a safe haven. Mature trust receives safety and security from the safe base of self and from others. So, so if, if, if you kind of have, have, a, have a childlike trust, you will need some particular safe things 
you will feel unsafe around certain people that you don't know or you're not sure of. You require a particular safety. Immature trust requires soothing and comfort, especially when in distress or when I request it. So, so, so an immature trust is like, I need this person to come or I need that person to come. I can't kind of calm myself down. I can't sort myself out. Whereas a mature trust um, understands the, the importance of self-soothing in healthy ways. So when you're upset, immature trust is like, I need this person. I need, I need to go see them. I can only be all right if I go see them. Whereas a mature trust is, it's okay. I can sort myself out. Again, most of us are not there. Most of us need somebody. Or I would greatly benefit somebody being there. Immature trust requires someone who will not betray me or disappoint my expectations. Mature trust understands people sometimes disappoint me. So an immature trust is always looking. This person, they're always going to be there on time. They're going to ring me when they say they're going to ring me. They're going to remember my birthday every year. They're going to remember that I've gone to this appointment and they've prayed for me and they've texted me about it afterwards. Mature trust understands that sometimes people let me down. I'm not always in people's minds. Immature trust requires someone will never leave me. Mature trust understands that allowing someone to go when they need to is a form of love. So immature trust is like, you can't, you can't ever leave me. You can't ever leave me. Mature trust is, it's okay. I understand that releasing you is a part of love and receiving you back is a part of love. Immature trust requires someone who will never hurt me. Mature trust understands that being hurt by others is a part of any intimate bond. It's just part of life. Immature trust requires someone who will be there for me every time I ask. Mature trust understands that when others choose to be there for me, I am blessed that they would choose me. And so... I think most of us will be somewhere along those scales. You might feel that you kind of, oh, maybe my trust is quite immature. But that's not really the point. <clears throat> the point of sharing you is twofold, as I'll get onto in a minute, or the second one I'll get onto in a minute. The first one is, it's okay. Well, like I always say, what's key is identifying where you are at and then taking it somewhere. And if you don't identify where you're at, you can't go forward. You sat not only works if it knows where you are. And it can only give you directions to somewhere new if you've worked out where you're at. So working out where you're at is really important. And often we beat ourselves up for being somewhere, but being some, knowing where you are is a really beautiful thing. It's the starting point of any transformation. So you can't... And it's just a waste of emotional energy as well. It doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't do any good. Just, all right, that's where I am. Okay, it's fine. And actually, if you're in that place of realizing, you go, ooh, that touched a nerve, Adam, because that's me. Listen, you will have done a ton of work to get to that point because you've understood yourself and you know yourself, which means you're living vulnerably and openly and honestly, and you've done tons of work to get there. So I love what Phil said about, you know, giving people awards. Actually, anybody right now who is feeling like, oof, that, that's me and I don't like it. Yeah, but well done. You've recognized it. You know, maybe some people are sat listening going, oh, I'm fine. All right, well, you're not fine. You just haven't done the hard work to understand it. That's the reality. And, and, and all of us are moving from immature trust to mature trust. Um, okay, we've done that bit. 
And I guess I've been there in those immature levels of trusting one way or another. And I guess I've moved into more mature levels of trust in each of those seven statements. I don't, I don't say I'm mature in it, but I've moved into more mature places. But one of the key factors that allowed me to move into increasingly mature levels of trust was not really about other people, but about my relationship with Jesus. And it was about my trust in the Father. Cost trust in other people is important, vital, you're built for it, designed for it. But it's always challenging because there are so many question marks. It's always challenging. But when your foundation for trusting others is your trust in the goodness of God, it provides a different foundation for you to launch off. You're not on your own. And if you do get hurt, you're not left to fend for yourself because there is one who is safe and ever-present for you. Now, those seven statements came out of some psychological research I did, but, but what's fascinating to me is how God meets us, even if our trust is extremely immature and childlike. It doesn't matter where we're at in terms of our trust levels, because God meets us at the very basic levels of trust. According to that, those lists, childlike trust requires absolute reliability and predictability. It requires safety and security in a safe place. Soothing and comfort, especially when in distress. Someone who will not betray me or disappoint me. Someone who will never leave me. Someone who will never hurt me. Someone who will be there for me every time I ask. Ooh, I know a person like that. Because, of course, Jesus is absolute reliability and predictability. Jesus is safety and security. Jesus provides soothing and comfort, especially when we are in distress. Jesus does that. Jesus will not betray us or disappoint us. Jesus will never leave us. Jesus will never hurt us. And Jesus is there every time that we ask. Which is why our trust and relationship with Jesus is so important for our relationships with other people. Because no matter how wonderful you are, or those people around you are, they will at some point hurt you because life is not safe. But even if you only have the most immature level of trust, you can trust Jesus. Even if you are right at the beginning of all those seven things, then it's okay because Jesus meets you right there. That's the beauty of it. You don't need to do more. You don't need to move because actually he provides all the things that you need, which nobody else can ever provide. That's why it's got to be primarily about him. I just put that list back up, Matt, that, that first one. I cannot be absolutely reliable and predictable. I cannot be complete safety and security. I cannot provide soothing and comfort all the time. Next one. I cannot promise that I will never betray you or disappoint you. Actually, I'll, I'll do my best to never betray you, but disappoint you, I may well do. I can't promise to always be around all the time. I can't promise to be here whenever you call, and neither can anybody else. I can't promise to never hurt you. I don't want to. It's not in my heart, but I'm a human being. And sometimes when I do things that are for your good, you might get hurt. So I can't promise that either. And I can't be promised to there, be there for you every time I ask. I can't do any of that. But Jesus can. Nobody can do any of that, but he can. So the key person we've got to learn to trust is not our spouse, it's not our friend, it's not our parents, it's not our spiritual parents, our brothers or sisters. It's Jesus, because when we learn to trust him more and more, and we trust in his goodness and love and care towards us, then what happens is you move much more easily and quickly in every other trusting relationship. 
It's the best foundation for any relationship is not trusting yourself, as psychology might tell you, but trusting Jesus in you, who is the only one who is completely trustworthy. Because watch how it works. From that solid base of relationship with Jesus, you find it much more easier to launch into relationships with others. Because you already carry with you a sense of security and significance and self-worth. You carry with you a sense of peace. You carry with you a sense of belonging. You carry with you a sense that you are somebody. So now you're not getting that off that person. Suddenly there's an ease now. You are not clinging to somebody to be all you need because you've already got all you need from Jesus. And now people are going to add on to that the fullness of life that Jesus talked about. I know that I'm a much more trustworthy person and enjoy much more deeper relationships because I've learned to trust him more. If I have grown in being trustworthy, it's because I've grown in trusting him. Because as you grow in trusting him and being more like him, you automatically become more trustworthy. Remember we said trusting is resting. When you learn to rest in his love for you, in his care for you, in his passion and compassion for you, it changes you. It brings you peace and security. And that means you start to live out from a place of peace and security. And when we know some peace and security, we can love people and trust people to depths we never thought possible because even if they get it wrong or we get it wrong, we are still got that peace in our hearts. So the key to moving in multiple great trusting relationships as you were designed for is to learn to live out of just one great trusting relationship with Jesus. So here's a question. Who are you working the hardest to know and trust? Who are you spending most time with? Who are you reading most about? Who are you working the hardest to get to know and relate to? You see, trusting is resting. And as you trust more and more in his love for you, you find that every other relationship becomes lighter and easier and more profound. So to look back to the beginning, as I promised, trust is not letting your heart be troubled, as Jesus said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust also in God and in me. People who are not troubled who are not agitated, who have inward peace, who are at rest, who are without anxiety and distress, who are not perplexed, make very trustworthy friends because they have found their peace and security in Jesus. And people who are not troubled in that, in that sense are also very attractive. They're extremely attractive people. So deep friendships come easily. It's just a tra- you, you, you become like a magnet the more you become like Jesus, the more magnetic you become. And because you operate from this place of security and peace, the easier you find it to share and trust. So the more that you learn to rest in him, deep friendships come easily, relationships develop quicker, and the hassle and conflict that many people live with on a daily basis just does not exist. But it all starts... We learn to rest more and more in the love and grace of Jesus. And when you do, you find the deep, meaningful, trusting relationships you were designed for become much easier to find and navigate. Much easier. But when, when we look to our human relationships as our source and our beginning, and then we try and add Jesus on top of that, we get it the wrong way around. It's got to be the other way around. It's got to be Jesus. He's got to be the one. He's got to be the source. He's got to be the, the foundation. And then when you build on that, it's like you get to enjoy incredible 
friendships, relationships with all sorts of people, all sorts of debts. But it's got to be the right way around. So if you want to move in deeper trusting relationships, the one relationship you've got to work on is the one with Jesus. And I recognize that doesn't always feel easy because you can't just go to the costa with him. I mean, you can't go to costa with anybody anyway. So, but <laughs> not yet. I recognize that. But hey, that's why we're doing things like deeper. It's why we're doing things like life groups like we're doing on Wednesday night to, to teach you to read the word for yourself more, to give you some tools and insights so that it comes more alive for you. That's why we're doing it. It's no coincidence that we're doing all these things. There is a strategy and a plan and a thought behind it. But it all starts with learning to rest more and more in the love and grace of Jesus. And as you do that more and more, you find that all the things you want and thought you were looking for in other people just start to flow a whole load more easily. But when you try and get it from them, it just don't work. It just don't work. Okay.